I was a professional triathlete for 10 years and then continued to compete at a world-class level for another 10 years when I was a firefighter. And I didn't once count how many grams of protein I was consuming. And I knew that if I was losing too much weight, I just needed to eat more calories. And by eating more calories, I would then just inherently get more protein. So once you mentally understand that you're going to get all the protein you need, even if you're training six, seven hours a day, because you're going to be also just eating more grub, then your protein needs are just naturally met. Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for raising your health IQ with us coast to coast in the U.S. and in more than 150 countries. Hi to everyone listening in Williamsburg, Virginia, West Valley City, Utah, and Stockholm, Sweden. Wherever you are, we appreciate you helping to make the world a healthier place. This is episode 5 of season 6, number 401 overall. It's also episode 4 of our All-Stars of Health series, and today we will be looking at this question. Do you need to eat meat in order to have a man card? Well, we will be talking about building muscles, and getting strong, and boosting your confidence, and being all that is man but without all of the burgers and the steaks and the massive heart attacks that can come from those ultra high fat and high calorie meals. I mean, think about this. How manly will you feel if you're laid up in a hospital room after having a heart attack? You can't get out of bed. You don't have any strength. Not gonna feel very manly then. You're also not going to feel very manly if you have erectile dysfunction, guys. That is the most manly of all things is what happens in the bedroom. But if that isn't working for you, my goodness, I don't know what to say. The fact of the matter is that an unhealthy diet loaded with all of the fat we were talking about, the grease and the ginormous steaks and burgers the size of Texas that are the staples of the manly diet are the very things that can cause those conditions and a lot more. But my guest today, in fact, is all that is man. He is a former firefighter, an elite athlete, and this dude has some solid, solid muscles. But what he doesn't have is an appetite for meat. Rip Esselstyn is our next health all-star. Mr. Plant Strong himself, he joined me on the exam room live to drop a lot of truth bombs for the fellas. So he is the fourth in the series, and there are still more All-Stars to come, including T. Colin Campbell on the next episode. But today, it's Rip's turn. We're about to get ripped and build muscles and get plant strong with Rip Esselstyn. My friend, you are a health All-Star. You definitely belong here, and you are all that is man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at this, man. You are a former firefighter. You are an elite athlete. And dare I say, the body that you have is a solid 20 years or more less than the age that is on your driver's license. And mm. you haven't had meat in how long? I have not really had meat since 1987. 
So what is that? 35 years? Yeah, man. That is a long time. 35 years. I, I mean, I did. There was a period there where once a year I would have a cheeseburger at Cheeseburgers in Paradise on the island of St. Croix after I did this race. But that kind of nonsense ended in 2001. But really, for the most part, uh, 1987 is when I uh, decided to uh, let go of the contraband and take everything to the next level. Let go of the contraband. If you only ate meat, if you only ate that cheeseburger once a year, did your body just kind of like say, what are you doing after you ate that? Well, it was interesting. And I would do it after the Beauty and the Beast triathlon on the island of St. Croix. It was kind of like just, uh, I don't know. It was like a present that I gave myself. And after the first bite, I was like, oh my God, this is so good. And after half of it, I'd be like, oh my God, I don't miss this at all. So it was kind of a, it was nice way for me. It was a nice reminder that, you know, I'm really not missing anything. And uh, I have, I can move beyond this. And I had, but um, I, I, I went there with a couple of my triathlon buddies and we decided to, you know, live it up after the, the race, live it up with a, a couple bites of a cheeseburger. It's funny how like the mind of the man works, right? So let's drop some truth bombs on the fellas right now. Somebody who's completely unfamiliar with the concept of not having meat or dairy in their diet, they're going to say, well, if you don't have those two things, the amount of protein you're getting is exactly this much, zero. Clearly that is not the case. When somebody says, well, I'm not eating meat, not getting dairy, not getting protein, how do you counter that? Well, uh, I, I let them know that the origin of all proteins, amino acids, originate from plants. And, you know, if anybody's seen the Game Changers movie that's out there, they, they put it quite well where it's like, we just want to, we want to omit the middle pig, the middle cow, the middle chicken, right? And let's just go straight to the source so that we don't have all this baggage that comes with the the animal protein and in fact you know chuck and and, and audience of the exam room uh the reality is is that animal protein is actually it's kind of inferior it's a uh, it's a weak kind of i'm gonna say janky form of protein that's too high in the sulfuric containing amino acids that actually promotes inflammation in our arteries in our whole systems it um it raises cholesterol levels it is really harsh on our kidneys and our liver. It siphons calcium from our bones to buffer this, this acid load. So if you want the Goldilocks version of protein that's got the perfect balance and proportion of the nine essential amino acids, isoleucine, leucine, lysine, methionine, phenylalanine, tryptophan, threonine, valine, and histidine, then reach for your steel cut oats, your black beans, your strawberries, your broccoli, your kale. These are truly the superheroes when it comes to the best form of protein. And your average, you know, vegetable has 35, well, 25% of its calories coming from protein. Your average green leafy vegetable is 35%. Your average bean is 25%. Your average fruit is sitting at about six and a half, seven percent. And as human beings, we really only need between five to 10% of our calories coming from protein and much more than 10. And it actually starts to do harm on our bodies. And so Chuck, I would, I would submit to you and your audience 
that most Americans are protein toxic and they're getting the vast majority of their protein from a janky, weak, uh, inflammatory source coming from dairy products and animal products. You doubled down on the use of the word janky, which means that I'm <laughs> doubling down on my affinity for you. That is fantastic. That is that is an, an, an exam room first, janky. I didn't know that that word was still in the dictionary. I appreciate you, my friend. Yeah, um, yeah. So you, you're just running down those numbers though, but what you're describing to me kind of paints the picture as, you know, even if somebody is really hitting the gym kind of hard or they're training for a race or something like that, it's not exactly like you have to sit down with a pad of paper and a pen and really calculate the amount of protein that you have in every meal. It's just naturally going to sort itself out. Naturally sorts itself out perfectly. You know, I, uh, I was a professional triathlete for for 10 years and then competed, continued to compete at a world-class level for another 10 years when I was a firefighter. And I didn't once count how many grams of protein I was consuming. I just knew that if my weight was stabilized right where I wanted it, and when I raced, uh, I was right at about 170 pounds. And I knew that if I was losing too much weight, I just needed to eat more calories. And by eating more calories, I would then uh, just inherently get more protein. And so like one extra piece of Ezekiel 4-9 toast gave me an extra seven grams. One, another two ounce serving of, uh, of spaghetti, whole grain spaghetti gave me right around eight or nine grams of, of protein. Um, you know, one third of a can of black beans gave me another seven grams of protein. So once you mentally understand that you're going to get all the protein you need, even if you're training six, seven hours a day, because you're going to be also just eating more grub, then your, your protein needs are just naturally met. Uh, and what's also met along with the protein is all the phytonutrients and the antioxidants, the vitamins and the minerals that we want as athletes and human beings to make sure that we are fighting off all these free radicals. Uh, we are mitigating the uh, the oxidative damage that's caused from pollution and you know all the air that we're breathing in. And when we when we rev up our bodies to a higher level, I think it's even more important that we are fueling it with plant strong plant strong foods that are going to take care of us. All right, this is a really kind of a starter, kind of a just starting to work out kind of a question. Um, would I be correct in assuming here that if uh, if we could pull me up on screen, that would be wonderful. Uh, if when somebody is doing a push up and they're building those chest muscles, they're doing a pull up, they're working on their arms, their shoulders, the muscles are going to build themselves in the exact same way, whether they're getting their proteins from beans or whether they're getting their protein from a burger, correct? Absolutely. And um, I would tell you that you're going to be building them in a smarter way. And the best way to build muscle, it's not by eating protein because let's face it. I mean, most Americans, like I said earlier, uh, we're eating this, we're overdosing on protein, but most of us were fat, right? Most Americans are fat. We're not like looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger or the rock. And so eating protein is not your ticket to building muscle. Your ticket to building muscle is actually to get in the gym and tax the muscles and then basically your body adapts and now you're you, you tear it down and then the body responds by basically building it back. So it's a combination of 
eating the right foods, but then you got to hit the gym, you got to exercise. Otherwise, you know, forget about it. Absolutely. All right. If you have a question for Rip, let's go ahead and fill up that mailbag posted in the comments or in the chat. We're going to get to as many as we can here in just a minute. But before we got going today, this morning, Rip, I was going through and I was looking at, you know, the, the leading causes of death among men. And I'm really struck by among the things like heart disease and diabetes and prostate cancer, you know, all of those things fall under the category by and large of being a preventable disease. How much of that prevention can come from being more careful about what it is that you're eating? Uh, I would say about 98%. <laughs> right? I mean, there are, there, there are some people that are an, are an anomaly, not many. Like for example, people that have familial hypercholesterolemia and they have a total cholesterol that's you know 500 to 1,000. These, these people are um, in kind of a, a camp of their own. But most of us, whether it's heart disease, whether it's major cancer, as you rattled off, whether it's diabetes, a constellation of any of these chronic Western diseases, um, I would say by and large, it is... It's the food. It's the food. It's the food. It's the food. As Dr. Uh, Michael uh, Clapper likes to say, as Dr. Um, John McDougall likes to say, it's the food. And what are you putting into your mouth to fuel your 10 trillion cells for breakfast, for lunch, and for dinner, seven days a week, you know, 52 years and 365 days a year? And if it is, I'm just going to say the contraband that I used to love myself. If it's the bacon and the cheese and uh, and the fried chips and the milkshakes and the McDonald's and the and the and the Burger King uh, and all that stuff, then eventually what happens is the body just gives up. It gives up the ghost. Uh, it, it can no longer uh, fight back against all the saturated fat, the dietary cholesterol, um, and all these problematic substances that are just lurking inside of all these animal products and all the processed refined foods that we eat. But if you make, if you make the decision to start eating strong food, and I like to refer to, you know, eating whole plants is, this is like the bullseye. This is the strongest food on the planet. And so we have to basically we have to rewind and, and become deprogrammed from everything that we've learned over the years that, you know, oh, meat is the best source of protein and dairy is the best form of, of calcium and oils are heart healthy and brain healthy. No, no, not, not for a second. And, um, and that's just a lot of marketing hype. So once we can move beyond, beyond that, we truly, and we start eating whole plant-based foods, we can, we can become the men that we were born to be and, uh, and, and, and avoid heart disease, avoid type two diabetes, avoid erectile dysfunction and avoid the major cancers that are out there. You know, I look at my parents, Chuck, Ann and Essie, 87 and 89, who are not on one medication. They're exercising their brains off every day and they just epitomize what this lifestyle can look like. And they're not anomalies because in my family trees, right, there is more cancer, heart disease, geoblastomas, prostate cancers, just as there is every family out there. So, you know, my parents, by taking the path less, less charted, 
basically have carved out a very prosperous and very healthy life for themselves. Yeah, you want to talk about people who are, you know, 20 years or more younger again than the age that's on their license or their birth certificate, man, that's your parents. Your mom, as a matter of fact, your mom and your sister, they were on the show not too terribly long oh. ago. Your mom needs her own reality show. I mean, she is a hoot, my friend. She It's not just her health inside. It's like she has so much energy and this vibrance that comes uh, along with that. And, and I think about members of my own family and, and people who, who else I know who are up there in years and their energy just pales in comparison to what your mom was putting out that day. I was blown away, man. No, no. She's, um, she is the energizer bunny through and through and through keeps going and going and going and going. Um, you mentioned uh, erectile dysfunction. Let's let's bring it back to the men and drop another truth bomb here for a second. I can't think of anything that is more demasculating than not being able to perform in the bedroom. The majority of us guys have no idea that that particular condition is also driven a lot by what it is that you're eating for dinner. It ain't just the whiskey, boys. I'm telling you that right now. It's what it is that you're eating for dinner. When did you put the pieces together that those two also go hand in hand? Um, you know, that's a really interesting question. And I'll tell you, my father, because what happened, remember my dad back in 1984 started his research at the Cleveland Clinic to show that you can not only prevent, but in many cases you can reverse heart disease just by changing what you, what you eat. And he started with 22 patients that basically uh, were knocking at death's door. Most of them were given less than a year to live. They have what's called end-stage heart disease. We're told to go home and get your, your, your affairs in order. And literally within about two years, Chuck, several of these men that had, you know, that had, had erectile dysfunction for over a decade all of a sudden, right, they were able to raise the flag again <laughs> and uh, super exciting. I mean, guys that were, I don't think anybody listening understands how bad off these people were. I mean, they were turned down for any more, you know, bypasses, angioplasties. They're just like, no, we, you're done. Like, we can't do anything more for you. And so, they, most of these guys were like confined to wheelchairs. They were on cardiac disability. They had to put nitroglycerin paste on their chest just to shave in the morning because they had angina intacts, right? That's how bad they were. And again, within a year, two years, they're out of their wheelchairs. They're walking, they're playing tennis, they're dancing. They're having horizontal sports activities, right? And so that's when I first heard about it. But then, of course, you know, Terry Mason in, um, in Forks Over Knives so eloquently put it that the canary in the coal mine for heart disease for men is that the, the arteries going to the penis that are one-fifth the size of the arteries going to our heart are the ones that basically first and foremost clog up. And so it's kind of a nice sign that uh, early indicator that, hey, you got some... Uh, some issues going on here. You got some cardiovascular disease going on, um, you know, and we can, we can get blockages, you know, in our carotid arteries going up to our brain and our peripheral arteries going down to our legs. 
the you know the, the arteries to our heart but also to the penis so uh yes and then you know in the game changers we had uh dr uh, aaron spitz who was just incredible and did that experiment with these college athletes showing what can happen after just one meal of a high fat uh high fat animal-based pro uh dinner versus a um a plant strong meal just you know outstanding the, the the girth the size the duration of the erections uh you know during the night phenomenal it, it, amazing research it really was just it, it blew my mind um before we take a question from the exam roomies i did want to get uh, kind of real with you for a second though um and this is something you know i really appreciated when you had me on your show a few years ago uh, you really kind of like got me to open up a, a lot. And and for that, I appreciate it. So I wanted to bring another real topic to the show. And that is also among the leading causes of death, especially among younger people is suicide. And I think back to when I was younger and severely overweight and, you know, had that angina and thought that I was knocking on heaven's door already. Like my mindset was not very good. I was always feeling down. I was feeling bad about myself. I was trying to do everything I could to mask that hurt. But there were days, man, when I was just ready for, um, ready to not kind of get up the next day. You know what I mean? But having this transformation, I feel completely different on, you know, it's not just what you see on the outside. It's how you feel on the inside and up here as well. I think that when you take care of yourself, like truly take care of yourself, and that can begin with changing your diet, a lot of the other things can fall into place and you just suddenly that dark cloud lifts over your health, your mentality and everything. And I know that some of the guests that you've had on your podcast and other people who you've met throughout the course of your career, they have echoed that same sentiment, you know? Yeah. Um... Yeah, mental health is a big one, Chuck. And I know a lot of people, especially what we've been through as a as a world uh, since COVID hit and the isolation that's involved there has has contributed a lot to it. I think that, you know, uh, so many people spending so much time on their phones, uh, so much screen time is ultimately not a healthy thing. Um, I think, you know, we are a social species and if you can find a group that on a consistent basis you can meet with, you can interact with, you can share yourself with, I think that goes a long way. So for example, you know, every morning, Chuck, I wake up and I swim with a master swim program from seven to eight. And I've been doing that now for over 25 years. And there is a core group of, of guys. And afterwards we do medicine ball, we do pull-ups, we do push-ups. But it's my, my little sanctuary and we can talk about anything. We know it's completely safe. Uh, and, uh, and there's something to be said for that. I also just recently started a pickleball league. I didn't start it, but I'm, I'm, I joined it. And it's like 15 guys. We, we show up usually from eight to nine, um, three to five mornings a week. And that's another fantastic group that I'm starting to kind of immerse myself in. I think it's important too that you could, you should get out of your own head and do anything to give back, right? Give back. Like I can tell you as a team, the plant strong team, when we do our black mountain 
seven-day immersion retreats where it's all about us showing up and delivering for the 90 to 100 people that are there in person. And all we're doing is taking care of people. At the end of that week, we are on a high like never before. So figure out a way to give back, volunteer, but get out and help. And then all of a sudden, I think you feel good. It always feels good, right? To help people and do something that's bigger than yourself. But the other thing I'll say, and you mentioned this, Chuck, is if you're not currently eating healthy and taking care of yourself, like Adam Sud, have you ever had Adam Sud on your show? Love Adam, absolutely. Okay, so Adam's brilliant. He's come so far and he really attributes a lot of his success to every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the first nine months, he would eat the same thing. And Adam was suicidal. He was 340 pounds. He was, you know, uh, type two diabetes, erectile dysfunction, uh, had all kinds of ADHD going on, just a, a constellation of issues. But he said every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, he would eat the same thing like oatmeal, sweet potatoes, rice and beans for dinner. But he said that as hard as it was, he knew that every time that he ate this way, he was telling himself that he loved himself and that he was worthy of, you know, being taken care of. So it's a little thing, but just eating healthy is a nice way of letting you know, hey, you know what? I love you. I love me and you're worth it. The other thing I'll say, Chuck, is if you're not moving, exercise has been shown to be one of the best antidepressants out there. There's there's a lot of, you know, issues I think and uh and questions about medicating and people coming off medication too fast. I've got two close friends in the last 5 years that have committed suicide. Uh, they were trying to come off their meds too fast. Like literally and and from what I've heard from different experts is you need to tight titrate down off any antidepressant meds, like over the course of a year or two, you don't do it in two weeks. That's when you, that's when you get in trouble, but exercise, get those endorphins going, the serotonin, and you can make that a consistent part of your day, uh, and eating well and giving back and volunteering. I think those are things that are, would be super helpful. Yeah, man. You know, and, and the E word exercise, it's so intimidating as you're first beginning this process. But, you know, one of the things that I always like to tell people is that you don't have to start by running a marathon. You hear about the runner's high, man. I got a walker's high yeah. for the first year and a half, you know, just building up to being able to walk five miles a day over the course of that year and a half, it made me so happy. And it didn't matter, Rip, if it was pouring down rain or whether it was blazing hot. I was out there getting my steps because I knew if I didn't get them in, I was not going to be my best self that day. And I was on a mission yeah. to be a number one A-plus Chuck, you know? <laughs> we we like A-plus Chuck. <laughs> and you know what else, Chuck? Um, and I tell people, Literally, and I'm 100% serious when I say this, I don't care if it's just five minutes, right? Because if you, if you feel like, oh God, if I got to exercise and make it worth my while, I got to go out for 30 minutes, that's just like too darn much. But you know what? Literally five minutes and you get all kinds of tangible benefits from that movement. Like you said, just go out for a walk for five minutes and you won't believe what that does for you. 
All right, let's go ahead and open up the mailbag here. Take some questions from the exam roomies who are tuned in live. I want to start with, uh, let's go back to the nutrition point. Take one here from uh, Kai Lee at 12.13, going back to protein. Uh, so we're talking about getting too much of it. Kai Lee is wondering whether or not you can get too much plant protein. You know what? Uh, I will tell you that you probably can. Uh, absolutely, especially for people that are doing the... Um, uh, the plant-based, um, uh, you know, powders and drinks and bars that, you know, one bar has 24 grams of protein. Uh, one of your two scoops of your protein powder drink have, um, you know, 30 grams of protein. I think a lot of people are overdoing it. And, um, but the good thing is if you're eating a nice variety of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and beans, you're probably going to land somewhere between 10 to 12% of your calories coming from protein. And the reason why I say that, Chuck, is, um, you know, again, your average fruit is somewhere around 6% protein. Your average vegetable is right around 25. But know that the amount of calories, cal vegetables are so calorie light that, you know, it'll be hard for you to really do some damage in the protein department with veggies. Now, beans and grains, on the other hand, they're a great source of calories, and they're also a pretty darn amazing source of protein. So that's where I could, I would say that, you know, if you were eating too many uh, whole intact grains and legumes, you could go overboard on your protein. But because plants have a nice balance of the nine essential amino acids. They're not janky or wanky like uh, like the animal protein. Uh, I would say that, you know, you're still much better off. Janky times three, man. You're on a roll. Just keep it coming, man. I love it so much. Uh, let's take one from Christina at 1208. Hello from Philly, she says. Well, hello. Uh, my partner and I have been vegan for six years this month and transitioned to a very low or no oil diet a couple of years back. Thanks to you, Rip. Do you have any hacks for roasting vegetables without oil? So do a little bit. I, I like to roll mine in just a little bit of water. And then I spray a little bit of Bragg's liquid aminos on it. And then I typically will also um, put a little bit of salt and pepper, red chili flakes uh, on them, and then just put them on the, uh, a cookie sheet on, on parchment paper. Um, a nice little trick that I learned with Brussels sprouts, with Brussels sprouts, you can put a whole bag in, um, in boiling water for maybe you know five minutes, bring them out, take a glass, smush down each one of them, right? Uh, put them in a bowl with your spices that you want, then put them on the parchment paper and those Brussels sprouts are roasted like nobody's business. You know, cauliflower, I love roasting cauliflower, uh, corn, um, mushrooms, red bell peppers, onions, Man, you're talking my language now, Rip. You are talking my language. Uh, let's grab two more here really quickly. Um, Josh, in your opinion, what is the best way to approach someone that believes food is killing people or it has the power to kill, but also has the power to change for the good, but they themselves aren't willing to change? So how do you convince somebody to actually take those tangible steps? I don't think you do, right? I think you basically... Um, you do your best 
to be a shining beacon of light, the best lighthouse that you can possibly be. Uh, don't try and be a tugboat. Nobody, nobody likes a tugboat or a know-it-all. And uh, my bet is if they see you, see your energy, see your shiny, vibrant health, your, uh, you know, your, 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 your nice, slim figure that they will be very enticed at some point to come knocking on your door. But, um, you know, the old saying, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And so, uh, I would focus on yourself and then hopefully at some point, once they start asking questions, you know, they're in the right headspace. Absolutely. But otherwise, Chuck, here's the thing, but otherwise, like I've had people near and dear to me, um, mother-in-law, father-in-law that had access to me, Essie, Ann, Jane, Dr. Neil Barnhart, all these people. And they had no interest in changing. Right. And they have, they have died heart, heart attack and obesity and some other things. And, you know, you just do all you can and, um, and you help as many people as you can, but you can't help somebody that doesn't want to be helped. And that is exactly my point. You know, I, people talked to me until I was blue in the face. I had friends organize an intervention for me and it still took years after that before I was able to make changes because I just was not ready to do it. And there's nothing that you or I or anybody else in that person's orbit could possibly say to change their mind until that person is ready. It's really just, you know, be that beacon, as you said, and wait for them to follow and pray that they do. It's really the balls in their court, unfortunately. Uh, last question, really quickly, kind of an athletic question. I know we're in a little bit of overtime. Mommy Vegan Nummy. I just love that name so much every time she posts a question. <laughs> uh, what food can help repair muscle tissue damage after exercise? Is a massage helpful, perhaps? I will tell you that just eat the way you're eating. Uh, I wouldn't do anything extraordinary. Uh, I wouldn't be drinking muscle uh, uh, protein powders. Uh, I wouldn't, uh, do bars or that stuff. I would eat whole plant-based foods. Um, you know, you want to, you want a little bit of protein in there. So don't make it just like just fruits, but, uh, like rice and beans or a, uh, or some sort of a sandwich with maybe hummus, open face sandwich with hummus and, uh, tomato, lettuce, uh, roasted bell peppers, uh, something like that. But, um, I just don't, I don't do anything special. I just eat the way I eat. Yeah, I don't do anything special. I'm, <laughs> I'm just me. No, but, but literally like look at the Tarahumara Indians, right? In, in Born to Run by Christopher McDougall. I mean, these guys, they're wearing tires, sandals made out of, you know, old tires and they're running a hundred miles faster than anybody. And they're not, they don't have their, you know, their Apple watches or, you know, they're camelbacks. They just got their little cornmeal and a little pouch on their side and water and like, they're good to go. <laughs> you, know? You, go. you know, what a place it would be good to go is your Black Mountain Retreat. That is April 16th through the 21st. Um, if you go to plantstrongfoods.com, you can find the registration page for that. When somebody goes there, you were talking about it earlier, you and the team getting together and then all of you guys feeling really well about what it is that you accomplished over the course of that week. But from the attendees perspective, what, what happens here? 
Well, it's basically like a camp for adults, right? But we focus, we definitely focus on this lifestyle and, you know, from soup to nuts, we, we talk about how to make this lifestyle work, especially when you get home. Um, but you know, Chuck, to me, it's so much more than just learning the nuts and bolts of this lifestyle. We, we dance, we sing, we, we have skits, we have, um, we have star night, stargazing night. We have, um, a talent show night, uh, every meal, you know, you're sitting with people, you're laughing, you're getting, getting to know, you know, all these like-minded individuals that are on the same journey that you are. Um, we do yoga in the mornings. We do uh, CrossFit exercise. We do pickleball. You, we go on hikes up into the, the black mountains. Um, so it's really, it's learning, it's learning to love yourself again. It's learning to find that kid that has, that was once in there that somehow has vanished and learning to laugh again and, and not take ourselves so seriously. Um, and you know, I've been doing this now, Chuck, since 2010, usually we do two or three of these a year and it truly is the highlight of, uh, of my year is walking through these six and seven day immersion programs with a group of 90 to hundred people and um and and making them part of the plant strong family and so as you said you know we've got the one in black mountain coming up in april and then in october we have our sedona uh immersion and they're both absolutely fantastic we've really we've honed the program down we've been doing it 12 years we got 15 people on the team and um i'm super proud of it doing a little bi-coastal thing, reaching people uh, yeah, all across right. the country, man. That's awesome, man. I love it so much. So uh, you see that plantstrong.com right there. You can also go to plantstrongfoods.com, uh, find the registration there. I believe there's also a link right now in the show description if you want to click on that. We've made it super easy for you. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, uh, Rip, thank you so much. Oh, by the way, I see the Plant Strong uh, shirt there, man. You guys have any new foods coming out? What's happening here in 2023? Oh, no, no. We... <laughs> So yes, we do. You know, we got all kinds of stuff going on. We've got our, you know, really quickly, I'll give the give you the pitch. So when I was at Whole Food for 10 years, we created the Engine 2 line of food. And we had all kinds of products from burritos to um, to hamburger buns, right? Pasta sauces. That was a 10-year relationship with Whole Foods. In January of 2020, that 10-year relationship came to a close. I took Engine 2 and I pivoted it and I've now named it Plant Strong. And so we have chilies, we have stews, we have pizza crust kits, we have granolas, we have cereals, we have microwavable popcorn. In about three months, we're coming out with pancakes and waffles cornbreads. We're coming out with six new chilies, right? We got a sweet and smoky. We got a chunky chipotle. We got a spice lentil. We got a spicy Cajun jambalaya. And we also have a black bean, just, you know, just to name a few. Um, but we are in retailers across the country, Wegmans, Sprouts, Whole Foods, Publix, uh, you name it tons and tons of natural retailers. And then the easiest way to probably get our products is uh, at plantstrongfoods.com. 
we can deliver them right to your doorstep in a matter of typically three days. That's what I'm talking about right there. Dude, I'm on board with those chilies, man. I'm on board. I love me a good bowl of chili. I'm going to send you a whole carton. <laughs> and I'm going to eat a whole carton of chili. You know what? And I'm going to get a ton of protein from it. And then I'm going to do me some push-ups. <laughs> People think that eating this way is so difficult. Like that's the stereotype. But it you just go into the store, people. It doesn't have to be hard, right? We got we just got to get out of our own ways. Yep. That's it, my friend. Truly do. Rip, man, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thanks for going a little bit longer with us than expected, man. But this is it's always such a treat when you're here. Thank you, my friend. Hey, anytime. Let's not wait another three years before I come back again. <laughs> Standing invitation. Standing invitation. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And uh and right back at you. I need to get you back on the Plan Strong podcast. Let's do it. We got plenty to talk about, my friend. Awesome. I love it. I double checked and there are links to all of Rip's accounts right now in the show description so you can sign up for the retreat there. You can learn more about Plant Strong and Plant Strong Foods. Just scroll right on down now in the episode notes and click away. Now, let's take a minute here and talk a little bit more about protein. There's a quote from Dr. Lawrence Cheskin that I would like to share with you. He is the director of the Johns Hopkins Weight Management Center. And this is what Dr. Cheskin told Bloomberg News about protein. He said, quote, there is a fair amount of evidence that higher protein levels in the diet are good for filling you up and perhaps making it easier to lose weight. But does that necessarily mean that we should be eating even more protein? Absolutely not, because he also said, quote, we're already eating more protein than we need, right? So that's coming from a gentleman who leads one of the more prestigious weight management centers in the entire country. We're talking about Johns Hopkins here, and that echoes what Rip was saying during the interview. A few more facts for you. According to the Physicians Committee's website, the average woman needs about 46 grams of protein per day. And for us guys, it's about 56 grams. That's the average. But if you look at NHANES, which is the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey, and by the way, this was done all the way back in 2005 and 2006. This was before our protein obsession really ramped up into overdrive. Well, what NHANES shows is that the average guy is already eating 102 grams of protein a day. And for women, women are gobbling up about 70 grams already. Way more than the typical person would need. And because for the majority of Americans, eating protein means eating meat and eating cheese, foods that are higher in fat and cholesterol and calories, you're getting way more than you're bargaining for. And all of that spells disaster for your health. It's not just the larger waist. It's not just having to buy bigger pants. It's having higher rates of diseases. It's that increased risk of having a heart attack or developing diabetes or cancer, right? But hey, at least you're not protein deficient. But guys, listen to me. I've spent time 
in locker rooms, major sports locker rooms. Having covered the NFL, I've been in Major League Baseball locker rooms and in the NBA and NHL as well. And guys, I am telling you, food does not make the man. Food does not make the man. What makes the man is being able to think for himself and drown out that pseudoscience, the bro science. Make decisions based upon fact and not just what the dude who's spotting you on bench press is saying. Take some time and do some research. Look, Rip wasn't always Rip Esselstyn of Plant Strong. And certainly for years before doing this show, I thought that protein came exclusively from milk, exclusively from meat. And I can tell you right now, this is not an exclusive. I'm not breaking news. I was dead wrong. A lot of us are dead wrong. We just have to open our eyes and open our ears and open our mind to allow the truth to come in. And oh, by the way, I don't think anyone is going to question Rip's manhood or the manhood of Justin Fields, who happens to be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. He eats a vegan diet. And is anybody going to question the manhood of six foot, four inch, 315 pound Lawrence guy? Of course not. Lawrence is a defensive end for the New England Patriots, and his job is to use his enormous size to bring guys down. He basically eats quarterbacks for lunch. That's not really a vegan thing to say, but you know, who's going to argue when the dude is that big? He is fueled by plants. So the bottom line here, guys, is that you really have nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. So tell that to all the guys in your life. Tell them, look, you're tripping if you're eating bacon. Plants are where it's at, and I've got the facts for that. Let me back it up for you. And then drop some of those truth bombs that Rip was talking about today. Such a good episode. Such a good episode. The Barnard Medical Center is powering this episode of the Exam Room Podcast. Their doctors and dietitians practice lifestyle medicine and promote plant-based nutrition with in-person visits in their Washington, D.C. office and telemedicine appointments in 18 states. Visit barnardmedical.org or call 202-527-7500 to learn more. That's barnardmedical.org or call 202-527-7500. For those of you living in L.A., don't forget we're coming your way as well. Dr. Neil Barnard and I will be out there on March 30th for a special 10 million download celebration in L.A. And then a little bit later on, we're coming to New York. And then after that, doing a little something something in our backyard here in Washington, D.C. Details still to come, but definitely would love to see you in person for the exam room live. But for today, that is going to wrap things up. I want to say thank you one more time to Mr. Plant Strong, Rip Esselstyn for being here and helping to raise our health IQs. And for everyone at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, 
as always, keep it plant-based.